Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, a fun fact. This podcast was actually born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. Yes, that is before Substack was even born. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too, especially if you like this podcast. It is a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes to beauty products to books to tools to truly anything that excites us, like an Instagram post we saw and just can't stop thinking about. We send it every Monday, except for some holidays that we take off, like saying people, and it is free. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for a secret menu, which will get you weekly access to members only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. We're going to open today with uh, what I like to think of as a little bit of a life hack. <laughs> interesting, interesting entry point. Sure, Don't you surely, think? yeah. Don't so, you think? yeah, our podcast network, our dear, dear podcast network, dear media, told us that we really needed to get our pictures taken so that we could put it on our podcast art. Or they didn't even tell us to get our pictures taken. They were just like, could you put your faces on your podcast art? Like, And we're like, no one wants pictures of us from 2017. Well, the last time- like it's 2021. The last time we did a photo shoot was for a book cover in 2017. Like yeah. probably we got some pictures taken after that. It's like a press thing, but- I don't um, know, Claire. I'm really not sure. <laughs> None that I would be excited about because I was eight weeks postpartum for sure. But we were like, okay, and tried to amp ourselves up. But the, a lot of time and energy goes into photo shoot if you want to do it right. As you know, if you've read the installment of Secret Menu where we answered someone's question about how to do a photo shoot right or how to do headshots get a headshot right. taken. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also just stressful to get your picture taken. And like, I don't know, it feels like a lot. And it just didn't feel like something you or I were willing to bite off this year. We were busy. We were also just like probably not feeling like our best selves. Also, we knew that if we didn't do it like in October, we weren't mm -hmm. going to want to do it till like next June because mm -hmm. the, the like pallor of, mm -hmm. you know, po like post January, like December, January, February, like no one's like looking like bright and cheerful at that point. <laughs> no, no. So our life, the life hack portion of this comes in. Yeah. Because but we did agree with them that it would be nice to have our faces on the podcast art. And they were telling us that basically they had people seen like with that. other shows of theirs that it helps to have more than just a logo on the podcast art. 
fine, fine, fine. I Which I believe this them. argument. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I, no, I do not disagree because it also, yeah, you know, you help to get a sense that there are people here. People yeah, here is an element of a human element. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, you know what? Let's let's uh, get our faces, let's get ourselves illustrated instead. It, it did truly feel like a hack. Like, can this yeah. just be a holdover? I know yeah. you want a picture. So here's a picture. Here's a picture. I didn't have to sit for it. Right. Uh, no, it was so much easier than getting our picture taken. We we asked Julie Hoots, an illustrator who we love, to love. do illustrations of us. She, If you follow her on Instagram, she's so sharp and funny and talented. We had worked with her on some projects before and knew that we liked working with her. And so we asked her, would she draw us? And it was fun because we had never really commissioned an illustration before in this way. And all of a sudden we were like, well, what do we wear in the in our illustrated universes? Like what what do we, you know, if <laughs> what are we how eating? Are we presenting, what are how are we yeah. presenting our best selves? Because at least because like in this scenario, we can't blame it on like, oh, what's in my closet or like what's like happening or like what the like weird thing my face is doing on the day of the photo shoot. Like that's like none of those are like actual factors because this is right. make believe. And it, but it was funny in that way where my first thought, when I thought, what are we going to wear? It felt the I felt the same pressure that I feel when (laughs) styling a photo shoot of it needs to be perfect and amazing and current, but also not too much in any one direction. It can't be too casual. It can't be too dressy. It can't be too of the moment so that it feels dated a year from now. No, no. And I feel like I felt the same way that I do when like getting things like for a photo shoot, which is wear something you always wear, wear something you always wear. Because if you Mm -hmm. don't, it's like the way I feel about packing for a vacation or like trips, like don't pack a bunch of shit that you never wear because you think you're going to be a different person when you're in that place. Because then you're going to end up with a suitcase of stuff being like, well, I don't know what shoes to wear with this dress. Like I don't wear this dress. Anyway. So (laughs) we picked out real life things that we'd been wearing a lot of. Um, You'd been wearing these wide leg Ghani jeans and you always love a striped crew neck tee. Always wearing, in fact, Claire, wearing a striped crew neck tee right now. The tee right now that's in the shot. You are. Yeah. And I had been wearing a denim short all, uh, honestly, as much into fall as I could with a sweater. So I asked for this sort of oversized denim short with a sweater first. First, no, a button down. No, I was going to ask for a sweater, but we decided to go with a button down, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You, I at some point there remember. was an idea of maybe we could swap, well, swap in a sweater if we needed to. Because it was fall and I had been wearing yeah. a sweater and shorts this fall. Do you think the fact that we were transitioning seasons while you were picking these outfits made it hard? Absolutely. I also <laughs> wanted the outfit to feel seasonless. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I guess sweater <laughs> with the shorts feels seasonless. I mean, spoiler alert, I guess. this yeah. process went exactly the way it goes when you go shopping with us or when we style ourselves for a photo shoot where Erica picks one thing and she's like, this is, this is it. And, and then I done. sit in the stool on the dressing room waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll back in, in the, I think it's the A Thing or Two HQ Instagram. There's a series of photos of Erica watching me get dressed in, in, in fitting rooms. But so I tried on 30 different things and then landed with something cream and white. And beige, mm-hmm. which is, of course, but where like, I was going to land. But also a completely different look than the first. Like, none of the pieces were the same except the shoes. The shoes and the shirt. The shirt lost the stripes. It, it, so, 
So Claire is a different shirt. Yeah, it was a different shirt. I like the way that you're like, I like that you're like, because it's an illustration. It was actually just taking away the stripes. But <laughs> I tried, you're right. Shirt. I tossed one shirt aside. The shorts were just not working. There was something about yeah. it. It wasn't working in my illustrated life. I also asked my hair to get longer and then I asked it to get shorter, which also followed, you know, my general uh, trajectory. trajectory around these things. And really remind, it also made me be like, maybe I do want short hair again, which I don't know, a month or two ago, I was on this podcast talking about how I'm done with short hair. I want long hair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it reminded me of this meme that I saw recently that I really related to that was like the cycle of getting a haircut where you get the haircut and it's way too short and you're so upset. And then it's the perfect length. A month later, it's a perfect length for about one week. And then a week later, you're like, this is terrible. I need to cut it all off again. And then you're back to like where you started. Um, it's like it's the, the avocado, avocado ripeness yeah. Yeah. meme. It's the same. It's the exact same. Yeah. You had this like treatment done to your hair mm -hmm. and we had dinner with friends like a night or two, a day or two after you had the yeah. treatment and everybody was like, Ooh, what's happening? Like, tell yeah. me everything. And you had just wanted your hair to be long and it like now was longer. And you're like, yeah, yeah and I got to get a cut. And, and, <laughs> and everybody was like, give it like 30 seconds, Claire. <laughs> like truly just 30 seconds of liking this hair. I will say that the one thing that I got right from the very beginning were my shoes, which are a dream shoe for me. It's a classic Manolo Blahnik style. It's the Ballerimu. I got them on Wait, deep. Wait, the Ballerimu. Ballerimu, because it's a ballerina yeah, ballerina mule. mule. Yeah. I just wanted to hear the word again, because it's like one of those things where I'm like, I've certainly seen it yeah. written, uh -huh. but maybe never said a lot. Yeah. Well, now you have. I think it's such a chic classic shoe. I was so excited. I remember exactly like where it, it was the Neiman Marcus in Beverly Hills, like 60% <laughs> off in my size. So excited. And you've walked with me in these, which is to say I can't slowly, walk in Really them. slowly. And yeah, we've walked It's just a them. style I cannot wear. Even though it's a flat shoe, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to wear it. No, so because there's no... What do you mean? There's no place for your toes to grip. The, yeah. Like low, that front of that mule is it's too, too shallow. Small. It's yeah, too shallow. It's too shallow. Like, but it is yeah. such a beautiful shoe. And I've had it for years and I finally gave up this year and sold it to the real, real. And uh, I actually have a check in the mail right now for these shoes. It was really sad for me. And so when I got the chance to wear whatever shoe I wanted in this illustration, I was so excited to give these shoes a second life. Totally. In this illustration. And I, I have to tell you, I feel satisfied by it. I feel no... That's great. I am no longer mourning having had to give those shoes up. I'm now wearing these shoes constantly. It's a real thank eternally. you for your service for, for yes. these shoes. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised by how satisfying it is to be able to wear these shoes in this illustrated universe. What were the things that we felt like we needed to tweak in like our, mm. our like physical beings besides outfits to make them feel like us? I wanted my everyday jewelry for one because yeah. I wear the same jewelry every single yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. And I wanted the mole above my eyebrow, I decided. Which interesting. I don't, I was just surprised by it. I was, I think I was just like, well, that's the thing that makes me look like me. I thought about adding other moles that are on my face because I have at least like two sort of big yeah. ones. And then I decided to just go with the one because otherwise it was going to be distracting. But, and then I felt really specific about the placement of it. Like she sent it and then I was like, no, 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 like a millimeter to the left. <laughs> Which I, I like, I don't even like see the moles on my own face. Like, I don't even know that they're there. It's like my nose ring where I'm like, yeah. I like, it, it's like barely present for me, which is strange. I wanted thicker eyebrows. Yeah. And um, it really did make it look more like you. And it was a funny thing where I couldn't have identified that by looking at your picture that that was a thing that needed, but you knew right away. Yeah. Because I also felt like the thinner eyebrows 
kind of felt like showing the picture of me from like 10 years ago and pretending it was now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it felt like a younger, like a high school version or like mm-hmm. something where I'm like, the last time my eyebrows were that thin, I was like getting them waxed when I was like 18. Yeah. Like that's a different vibe. Yep. Yep. Totally. No, this looks more like you. I thought we both looked really cute and fashionable and fun. And there were even parts where I was like, mm, she, she made me look even better than my real life self. And then I showed it to my mom and she just wrote. And I knew that her response was going to be like, that she would have preferred a photograph because that's just my mom. But her just, her, she had just a one, one sentence response. You're both cuter IRL. <laughs> listen, I'll take it. Listen, listen, I think this illustration is great and I am thrilled about it. And I think that is like a nice thing to respond to any mm-hmm. illustration that anybody ever has done. You're, you're cuter IRL. That's great. Thank you so much to Anna Luisa for sponsoring today's episode. My like theme for my gift for my cousin, mm-hmm. her holiday gift this year, she's 19. And it's like, you know, like the like little investment pieces, like mm-hmm. things that like make sense for a 19 year old, yes. like um, a little like leather, black leather wallet and like a little like black knit, you know, cashmere hat, like these perfect little Cute. moments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Anna Luisa is the perfect like jewelry inclusion in this and that it's something that feels a step up from the thing that she's buying herself, but isn't like this totally outrageous thing over uh, the top. For, yeah. Because yeah, everything totally. starts at $39, but it's like very like, you know, stuff you and I also wear. Yes, totally. Anna Luisa is a jewelry company that was founded to bring clarity to the jewelry industry, and they're currently running their biggest sale of the year. Head to shop.analuisa.com slash a thing or two. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash a thing or two to get 60% off on your second item at shop.analuisa.com slash a thing or two. Their designs start with recycled materials whenever possible, and they work in small batches to ensure the highest production standards and eliminate excessive waste and prioritize transparent business practices. They do all of this without sacrificing quality and durability, and they offer a 365-day warranty on all their pieces. Their jewelry starts at $39, which is a price you don't usually see for jewelry of this quality that's also been produced in a way you can feel good about. They release new collections every Friday, so if you've checked it out in the past, now is a good time to take another look. Anna Luisa is currently running their biggest sale of the year. Their pieces start at $39 and you can get 60% off on the second item when you go to shop.analuisa.com slash a thing or two. Remember that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash a thing or two to get 60% off on the second item at shop.analuisa.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Friends, it is the holiday season, which is wonderful in some ways, really hard in others. And for some people, particularly hard and challenging on an emotional level. And if that is you, and even if it's not you, having someone to talk to, having an hour or 30 or 45 minutes a week designated to get away from your family, get away from whatever it is, and just vent to somebody can be such an important part of getting through this time of year. We are so excited to partner with BetterHelp and help more people have access to this type of of coping. Talking to a licensed therapist can help you feel better. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential and if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic 
matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors to make it possible for us to bring you this show every week. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? (laughs) We made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Should we bring our guest on? Let's do it. Okay. So we are here today with Caroline Moss, who's the host of G Thanks Just Bought It, which just feels like a real like sister podcast mm-hmm. to this one. Mm-hmm. She's also the co-author of Hey Ladies, which is this fantastic book about like eight friends and who are like bridesmaids and involved in like wedding planning and nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it is wonderful. And it would make a great gift for someone who's like getting married or has been a bridesmaid totally. maybe like seven too many times. But we want to talk to Caroline about holiday giving and gifting and just like all of the holiday things because she's also a gift guide aficionado and just has like thoughts and feelings for sure. Can't wait. Hi, Caroline. Hi. Um, um, we are coming. so excited to have you. I'm really excited to be here. We, we literally, like I was looking back and you were on G thanks literally like a year ago this week. So like, no here we way. are back again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, a, it's a tradition. It's a holiday tradition. I know now it's a holiday <laughs> tradition. It's like you have your pumpkin pie, you have your stuffing and we're going to appear on each other's podcasts. And that's just how it's going to go for the rest of the time. It was amazing. also about a year ago that we asked you to help out on an installment of Secret Menu about the best Hallmark holiday movies. Yeah, <gasps> and I remember exactly what I picked because I didn't lie. And I'm really excited to watch it again this year, <laughs> though I haven't. It's the Christmas list. Um, tell us about the Christmas list, please. Let's start this right. For a refresher, uh, yeah. for those of you who didn't, I don't know, run to YouTube the second you read about <laughs> That was my this. favorite thing about it was that it was such a deep cut that is like not on the Hallmark <laughs> no. channel app, which I now have. It's like, do you want to watch someone's like, like recording of a recording of the ABC family 25 <laughs> Days of Christmas from 1999? Because I have, I have just the ticket. Um <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas list is, and now I'm like forgetting her name, but like Bobby Finger and I had like a whole joke about it, but it's this woman who is, you know, she's down on her luck. Her boyfriend won't propose and she works as a perfume sort of consultant behind the counter at the mall. And she's known as being very good at like being able to pick out like, like she'll ask you some questions and then she'll be like, this perfume is like the one for you. And I she's was the actual perfume kid. genius. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. It's, it's, mm-hmm. She was there first. You know what I okay, mean? Like yeah. she was there first and her friend encourages her to write a letter to Santa. And she's like, I'm not writing a letter to Santa. I'm 35 years old. And her friend was like, no, do it because you know, crazy things happen around Christmas. And so she writes a letter to Santa. They put it in the little mailbox and guess what? Crazy things start happening to her around Christmas. So she, <laughs> uh, it's just fun. You know, she kind of like learns to advocate for herself. She has, she has her little, like, she's all that moment where she swaps out her glasses for contacts and just, you know, things are changing. Mm, And, um, I don't know. I, I love like a late nineties 
Christmas thing. I feel like before kind of the market was saturated, I have a hard time with Hallmark movies in general, uh, Christmas movies in general, just because I'm like, have I seen this one? Is this, have Mm -hmm. I seen this one? Have I seen Mm -hmm. this one? I usually, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if I've like, what, who, like, what am I like only supposed to watch it once? I mean, I watch so everything. Discerning. Times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I would love to, it's like reading books on your Kindle where you like see the cover in a bookstore and you're like, I can't place this. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I've never seen what it's like supposed yes. to look like. Yes. So I, I appreciate a deep cut, you know, from my childhood. It's great. We have a whole host of things that we want to talk to you about. So I promise we won't keep talking I, I about I think Hallmark this is all directionally forever. correct. I don't think this is. <laughs> I just want to briefly <laughs> ask at you. All. <laughs> I want to briefly ask you to share the sort of like high level recap of your uh, time at the Hallmark movie convention. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Two years ago. Okay. Right. 2019. Mm-hmm. My friend Meredith and I go. It's, it is Christmas con. Okay. And con it was. And I really feel that (laughs) we were conned and I was glad to be there because we had like, so basically like, you know, it turned out not to be, it was like a little bit gray about like who was putting this event on, whose money was behind it. But for Mm, all intents mm, and purposes, mm, mm. what we thought going into it was this was a hallmark moneyed event. Yeah. So we had, and we knew we were going as, you know, reporters, but very clearly invested in the subject. And we knew that there were going to be like stars and it was going to be kind of like a convention, uh, of, you know, people who are fans, you can go, you can get autographs for like another dollar level. You can get a selfie for another dollar level. I don't know. You can talk for a few minutes. It was all (laughs) well and good. And, you know, Danica McKellar was the, was like the big name. Yeah. Wow. Headliner. Headliner. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, good for you. And all, but it was like, once we got there, we had basically we had a really high expectations and they, they were not met. Uh, we were like, Oh my God, (laughs) it's going to be like, when it's Hallmark. I mean, they're the, they're the Christmas, they're, they're Christmas. Like that's their thing. This is going to, it's going to be fake snow and there's going to be like really good snacks. And like, it just was not. Is Santa going to show up with the reindeer and when? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And when, and like, are they going to land on the roof? I bet it's Hallmark. Like we had all these scenarios in our head. And when I tell you, we walked into like a high school gym (laughs) with like a fake tree and some like a red plastic tablecloth, like tied into a bow and like mm. stuck on the wall. Like mm. that is the only way I can describe it. Mm. It was really, everything was could just, have been sourced at party city if needed. Oh, I mean, party. Yeah. It wasn't even at that level. Like it was, it was <laughs> like, it was insulting. Can we transition into charitable giving for a moment? Yeah. Yes, we can. We've just followed all that you've been doing over the last couple of years around giving and supporting causes and would love to hear from you what your approach is, what your take is, and yeah, just kind of like your thinking around it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. It kind of started very organically. I began feeling... Uh, very guilty right after the 2016 election. I felt like I hadn't done enough. I felt like I thought everything was sort of covered. I feel like I've evolved a lot in my like thinking and learning since then. But at that time, what I was feeling was kind of disbelief that Trump could get elected. And I didn't really know what to do with that feeling. The election was over and any sort of regret that I had about what I could have done or what I should have done was sort of like, there's just no point because uh, it it was done. You know, we had the holidays ahead of us and I was feeling like 
I wanted to do something. I was feeling really, really sad and uh, just, you know, depressed and very scared too. And I was walking uh, to work one day and I passed the big post office in Manhattan on 34th and 8th uh, near Penn Station. I was passing and I saw a sign that said Operation Santa and something clicked. And I was like, I remember hearing about this and really never getting my shit together. And I didn't like my job at the time. So I was like, oh, I'll just tell them the train is, you know, stuck. And so I walked into the post office and I sat down and what they do is they give you a stack of letters that are written from like by underprivileged families and kids and teenagers really all over the country though I think the way they do it on the back end is that you get families in your area so these were all to my knowledge New Yorkers and I was like okay I'm gonna pick one or two and that will be really fun and I'll we'll fulfill the Christmas list and you know like I'll get to go to Target and it's a win-win. And you just start reading these letters. And I was like, well, I can't like leave this one behind. And then you'd read another one. You're like, I can't leave this either. And I think I walked away with like 11 letters. And I was like, well, I have just committed to, and just like really just tugging at the heartstrings, things that I've never had to worry about. I never had to worry about Christmas as a kid. Christmas, like, you know, Santa showed up for me and, uh, and it never really occurred to me until I was an adult, not in 2016, obviously way earlier than that, but that like, that sucks because Santa brings kids different things depending on, uh, their household you know, income, your household income and <laughs> yeah. that sucks and it's not fair. So I just couldn't, you know, you'd see these letters and it was like, hi Santa, like forgot our house last year, but like, I'm hoping you won't forget this year. And you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to leave that behind. Like I have to do it now. So I went, I took like 11 letters and I went back to my office and I just took my ADD medication and just literally just typed everything into a spreadsheet, like organized everything by letter and family and age of child. You don't get really any information because it's all anonymous, obviously for safety. And, and I made it Google shareable, doc shareable. And I put on Facebook and Twitter and I was just like, you know, I need help fulfilling these lists. I set up an Amazon wish list. I was like, you know, if you want to take an entire letter, I'll like transfer it from my name to your name. And it was like the most fun. It was so fun. And I think everyone was sort of in a similar position feelings wise. And everyone wanted to just, just do something like, you know, it's not, it was not a completely selfless act because I felt better doing it. So you know, people got really into it. And like, just for weeks after that, that was like in the beginning of December. And so for the next like two and a half, three weeks, things were just showing up at my house. And then my friends would come over and we'd wrap them. And then we'd have to drive. We had to take like multiple trips into that particular post office. That's where you drop off. And then that's it. And you, it's not, you don't hear anything. You don't like, you don't know who you're giving to. Mm -hmm. It's just this idea of, you know, you're playing Santa Claus and you're giving these kids a good Christmas. And it was so fun. It was like, I got to go to the American girl doll store, which was like the best. And it was great. And what I found from that experience was that people really want to give in a very tangible way, but often when it comes to giving and GoFundMes and uh, donations, there's so many annoying barriers to entry to just give what you might consider to be a small amount of money. And what I found doing Operation Santa was I just opened my Venmo and I was like, send me whatever you want, send two bucks, send five bucks. And like, you know, once I get to $250, I will 
you know, buy a gift card for this family and we'll put an envelope. And, we'll, and I, you know, I kept the re- receipts and I took all these pictures and it really became like a full-time job, but it was really fun. But I realized that, you know, people are so much more open to just being like, yeah, here's $3. And I don't know that people would take that $3 and be like, okay, GoFundMe needs my login. What's my password? I have to go find my credit card. Like, yeah, you know, champagne problems or whatever. It's not that hard to go get your credit card. But I think the reality is, is that sometimes you get to a donation form and your credit card doesn't like automatically populate. And you're like, I'll I'll just do this later, I guess. You know, and you don't. 1,000%. And that's fine. And that's totally fine. I really found that that was really what was happening. And with Venmo, because so many people have small random amounts just like sitting there that they don't really even know are there. It became this like empty your Venmo sort of initiative where it was like, send whatever's there, like send me a dollar 25. I don't care, you know? And there's like no shame in sending the dollar 25. No, who cares? Everyone's like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't need it. Like, also this isn't, we're not, no one's sending like $3,000. Like no one wants like a tax break on their $4 donation. And that's not, (laughs) and that's not the motivator. I think for most people who want to give charitably, right. I mean, no, like people, I feel like in our generation, at least are really like civic minded and community minded now, whereas charity tends to, I think for our parents' generation, be a thing that like helps them financially. Yeah. I mean, my parents give and that's great, but like, yeah, you, you do write it off on your taxes. Like it is sort of a strategic financial decision. Like you don't do write-offs for like mutual right. aid funds and yeah, right, right, right. GoFundMe and, mm-hmm. you know, Operation Santa. And so that's really not the point. But the point was like, if you have $3 and 40 other people have $3, oh no, I just committed to doing math in my head. Is that like $700? I'm like, okay. I'm like, is that $700? You're like, yeah, it's actually $120. <laughs> um, it, it's like all of a sudden you have something going and mm-hmm. then you get an actual tangible uh, sort of feeling that you helped and contributed in return. And I sort of ran with that. And so ever since 2016, I try to do, well, I do operations center every year. Some years are, are more volume than others, depending on what I can take on. But I've also found that I helped introduce that program to a lot of people who now don't need me to usher them in anymore. Yep. And I think a lot of people don't know it existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, it's been around for like, there is a, a, a documentary actually, I think, I think it's on Hulu right now. It's called Dear Santa. I haven't watched it yet, but it's a literally about Operation Santa. This program has been around for a hundred years. I think there was a time where you would literally, they would literally let you like show up to people's houses. Oh and I was like, mm, that feels short-sighted if someone <laughs> doesn't have good intentions, but okay. Um, did um, you see the op- episode of Ted Lasso that had the, the, the like holiday episode of Ted Lasso? No. Okay. I didn't well, get like, into Ted Lasso. Is it, I is mean, it similar? Fair. Well, it just, it calls back to holiday movies in like, and like, like their love actually call back, whatever. There's like... I think that part of it you would like, but there's this like moment where they like are dropping off presents, but they're doing it door to door. And like, it just feels very paternalistic. Like yeah, in yeah, this yeah. way that it's like, here I am giving yes. you right. these gifts. Like, it's yeah, it's like, like aren't that's you not so grateful point. for me? Like, right. aren't yes. you excited? And I, and I didn't get, I didn't get a lot of the quest these kinds of questions in the first year, but after a few years and people go back to, you know, 
their lives. And there were, there were some Christmases where I couldn't, I committed harder than others, or I would Mm -hmm. take, but there are some people who really kind of, you, you, you do sort of understand how to talk about giving in this way that I don't think I really had the vocabulary for when I started doing it. And now I feel like I'm more aware and more able to do it. But there are some people who are like, well, I picked out a letter and like the kid wants AirPods and a hoverboard. Like, I don't want to like, okay, well then don't pick that letter Mm because we're not here to like police a child's Christmas list. My list was never policed. And that's like the whole point is that I think some people go into this being like, well, they should be grateful. Like, wow, they're so like how rude and greedy for a child who doesn't have anything to be asking for $250 headphones. They're kids and they just want what their friends want. And I felt that there was a few years where there was pushback from people who were like, well, I don't want to buy this like extravagant gift or like, I don't think this is appropriate. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not your role, right? You take the letter and you're going to fulfill it. Do you have to get every single thing on the list? No, like that's it. Sometimes it's impossible, but you're not, you can say like, okay, I can get an American girl doll and AirPods, but I can't get like a MacBook pro and an iPad. And I mean like that, yes, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But I feel like it's been a real lesson in just what a a more privileged person's role is Mm -hmm. in this sort of experience and exercise. Well, and it's also not to judge if like, you know, oh, you don't approve of the Disney movie or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with you. It just has nothing to do with you. And then also sometimes like parents, like sometimes you get some you know, I, I would say like unsexy lists where it's mm-hmm. parents were like, I need twin size sheets and mm-hmm. uh, we need a new microwave. And that's, I mean, some people really only want to do like kids mm-hmm. and that's okay. So I start, I really tried my hardest to get letters that I don't think people will, like, I think people will pass over. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just a lot of judgment about poverty, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 and like that sucks beyond Christmas too. Like I started doing this when uh, hurricane Maria hit uh, Puerto Rico. And that was actually kind of crazy because it started out as like in the community and my followers on Twitter and stuff. And like, it was small. I mean, like we, we raised a lot of money, but it was, it was like mostly people I knew. And then Puerto Rico happened. And uh, the, the tweet saying that I was going I was going to do all these trips to Costco and getting all this stuff. And if you wanted to donate to the pool of money that was going to be buying this stuff, it went like kind of viral. And then like $40,000, like hit my Venmo in a matter of like 72 hours. And that was very stressful. Yeah. So it is, it is something that I take very seriously because it's like, you really can understand why scammers exist in Mm -hmm. that, in that, like, that's crazy to me. Like that strangers were just like putting, $20 $20 in my Venmo. I want to be like, don't do that. Like, what are you like, <laughs> right. you know, but you don't know but, me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't know me. Like, well, I could literally just be skipping town right now. But I really, it really was uh, an incredible, I think, showing of just this idea that if you take away all that red tape, and even if the red tape is just entering an email and finding your credit card, mm-hmm. uh, people are really happy to give where they can and do right. what they can. And also a lot of people don't want to do, like, I like, I, I kind of enjoy the heavy lifting of it. And some people are like, I would love to just give you money and then you do it. And I'm like, great. Excellent. Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. 
You know, I saw a friend post on Instagram the other day, a picture of her before and after like hair loss and now it's growing back. And I thought she was going to be like, here's the thing that did it for me or like, here's my secret. And it wasn't about that. It was just about how hard it has been for her to contend with hair loss and how nobody talks about it. And especially nobody talks about it when it comes to women. And it's felt really nice to see more products like Nutrafol pop up in the market that are like acknowledging the fact that men aren't the only ones who need to deal with this. And that market is flooded with with products, you know, specifically targeted at men, but women deal with this too. And it can feel lonely and isolating when nobody's talking about it. And when there aren't products on the market to acknowledge it, and you're like looking and being like, I don't know, should I take this product formulated for men? Nutrafol is formulated specifically for women and specifically for women's hair loss, which is so much more common than anybody talks about really. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. It is made of natural, clinically effective medical grade botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health, and it's physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress, skin, nails, and libido. When you subscribe, you'll get monthly delivery so you never miss a dose. 77% of women saw improvements in just 90 days. Even if you aren't experiencing thinning hair, Nutrafol can help you grow thicker, stronger hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code at thing or two for $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is available to US customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code a thing or two. Thank you so much to Print Fresh for sponsoring today's episode. So Print Fresh, as you know, because we've been talking about it, is this line of luxury sleepwear with the most incredible, beautiful patterns. And it just feels really, really perfect for gifting. But I also have to say that I have been a lot better about buying pajamas for myself ever since reading Marie Kondo because she really got it into my head that even the stuff you sleep in should spark joy and not even just even the stuff, but like more so than other things because sleeping is so important. And so I've really been like on this kick now for a while of like, I can't just sleep in anything ratty. I need something like good and fun. And that's like setting the tone for a really good, healthy night's sleep. And I do feel like Print Fresh is, is certainly a sparking joy sleepwear situation. Print Fresh is a woman-owned and operated luxury sleepwear brand with inclusivity and sustainability in mind. Founded in 2017 by the textile designer and fashion entrepreneur, Amy Volishin, each piece is designed in-house at their studio in Philadelphia and ethically produced by their partners in India. Influence for their patterns comes from many of Amy's passions like plants and animals, many of which are featured in their patterns. Their sleepwear is full of colorful, whimsical patterns that are beautifully screen printed by hand onto 100% organic cotton. Their sizes range from extra small petite to 6X and their line includes women's, men's, and all gender silhouettes. Plus with brand new holiday patterns, limited time holiday bundles, and free and fast shipping, Printfresh makes it easy to give an extremely cozy gift this season. And if you're shopping last minute or just having trouble picking something out, Printfresh gift cards can take the stress and guesswork out of gifting. Head to printfresh.com and use the code a thing or two for 15% off your first order. That's printfresh.com and use the code a thing or two for 15% off your first order. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, if someone wants to do this themselves, if someone wants to do this within their own group of friends or, you know, do this on social media, what have you learned logistically about 
navigating $40,000 coming into your account. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Uh, Venmo is actually not set up for charitable giving. And yeah. my podcast started doing $2 Thursdays back in July of 2020. We just picked a charitable cause, uh, a mutual aid fund. Really every week we did not give to like bigger nonprofits. They have lots of them have plenty of money. The idea was to really kind of just try to to remove as many degrees of separation between the physical dollar and the person who needed the dollar as we could. And then Venmo announced, Venmo also like hates me. And I have tried so many times to get them to be like, I'm keeping like, this is a really good opportunity. Like people will use your app to do this. And I think there is a lot of business stuff, tax things and liability Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Venmo just recently announced that they are now going to require in the 2022 taxes that you have to report all your Venmo transactions because I think they're figuring out that a lot of people have small businesses, take Venmo, and it's kind of like taking cash. It's great because you don't have to claim it. And now they're going to make you claim it. And my accountant was like, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you if you bring me a Venmo thing that's like, you got seventy thousand in dollars in Venmo in twenty twenty one. Like in I like can two dollar increments in two dollar like, increments, and I can yeah. account for all of it. Like, but the thing is, it's it's not in my best interest. And I right. say that just as, as as transparently as possible because me going to Costco and buying forty thousand dollars worth of baby formula mm-hmm. is going to and then being financially forty thousand dollars worth of yeah income. exactly yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah. like that sucks and I'm sorry to say that I wish I was wealthy enough to not to, for mm-hmm. that not to matter yeah but my accountant was like you really can't do it so we stopped doing two dollar Thursdays for a while but what I noticed was that people took it on to do within their own communities and there is a very big difference between raising between forty thousand dollars hitting your Venmo or even ten thousand dollars or even five thousand dollars. And then uh, $600, like that's kind of stuff you don't have to worry about. So I would say that honestly, the smaller, the better. You don't want to get to a point where random people on the internet are sending you money. That that's too much responsibility. And I was lucky that it wasn't when that happened, it wasn't the first time I had dealt, like it wasn't my first like try doing this Mm -hmm. because I think I would have absolutely panicked. But I think the smartest thing to do is really just to do all of the legwork and then ask people to give you money. People don't like doing legwork and that's fine. Like that's right. totally okay. If you like legwork, then people will really be happy to give. I think uh, what I have learned is that you really have to capital, like timing is everything. You have to capitalize mm. on the right moment. There have been things that I've tried to raise money for that just went nowhere. I could not get people to care. And it's been an, you know, it's always just a learning experience for me to be like, okay, that's interesting. I think the pandemic also was like a huge shift in the way that people thought about mutual aid and Gia Tolentino wrote something really beautiful about mutual aid groups in the New Yorker very early on, I think in the pandemic. And this idea of like, it's always why I get so upset when celebrities who have these massive platforms raise money for like the red cross, right? Yeah. Like the red cross is fine. And also for every dollar they get, I think they spend 90 cents of it, like in their own organization. Mm -hmm. Like you, you need to like take that seriously. If you have a million followers and you're like shilling for the red cross, it just makes me so mad. Like there are literally people in your neighborhood who are hungry 
Like right. do a little bit of legwork and figure it out. I mean, I am very good at getting people to give money. And I think what I saw that I was so inspired by like over the last couple of years is that people just saw needs for things and they met those needs. You know, if you're one of those people who feels confident in just going on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever you are and saying like, I have done all the research. Here is this organization. This is what they do. You know, they're trying to feed 500 people this Thanksgiving. It's going to cost $12 per person. I am trying to raise $250. If you want to join me, just Venmo me. I think you would be surprised at how many people will just send you money. Yep. And that's, and then, you know, I think some of the other tips I can give is like, do not go radio silent after taking $40,000 on Venmo. I mean, <laughs> post, post sort of your show Don't your post work. beach pics um, like a week yeah, later. No, post, right, right. And this is me in Anguilla. Um, I'm at this resort, right. It's like me in the background of White Lotus. People don't want, don't care about their specific $2. But what people do want to know is like, post pictures of like wrapping the toys and like post pictures of all the presents, like going into the, like, no one's like, I need, I don't trust you and you need to post it, but it makes people feel good. You know, they, they want to see. Cause they're also contributing to this like larger thing. It's like this community effort. Yeah, exactly. People don't doubt that you're going to give that money where it needs to go. But I mean, after five years of doing this, again, math, really not my strongest. I was about to say eight. Like, I don't know what year it is. I'm like, it's been three decades. Um, it's, I have a lot of like repeat donor, like people just, the same people come every time. Like they like doing it. They trust me at this point. They like seeing the finished product. They're good. They feel good. I feel good. We all like doing it. I mean, it's funny. Like people really have run with it. And my favorite thing is watching people on Instagram in the G things community and beyond take it on for themselves and do and, and do it on their own. And I've, I've had a lot of calls with people who are like, can I pick your brain about doing this? Cause I want to do it. And, and that's kind of been the best part is that like, I don't give myself a lot of credit for much, but I'm really happy that I put it out there five years ago and just said, like, you might feel weird about giving me money. You don't have to give me money. This is something that I'm going to, I've literally committed to fulfilling 11 Christmas lists. So if you don't want to see me, you know, not be able to pay rent next month, like you can help me out, you know, that'd be great. But like, it's, people are very excited to help. No one wants to donate to the Red Cross. Let me tell you, people want to help like actual people and, and that sense of community and neighbors and just sort of, that part of the pandemic, I think really exacerbated and like amplified that entire idea that we just have to take care of each other, like in our immediate circle. Mm-hmm. It's not our like job to save the world. Exactly. Yeah. It's not our job to save the entire country. It's not our job to save the entire world. But if you literally just look in your backyard and you see like, okay, this needs some bolstering, like you can just do that. It's great. It's great. I think you're exactly right about the pandemic, just like educating so many people and exposing so many people to not just what a mutual aid group is, but the spirit of it and that you don't need to wait for somebody to organize something. You can just do it, like you said, quite literally in your backyard. I also think that there's something to like the visibility and other people's experiences. Like when you see the the gift list from Operation Santa or, you know, last year, a cause that you supported heavily during the holidays was Trans Santa and seeing some of like those like lists come in and seeing what, you know, teenage kids were like asking for. It's just like, it's good visibility too, to just like see what people are experiencing in, in those ways. Yeah. Anyone can tell you 
oh, there's, you know, 90,000 people experiencing homelessness in this city or at you, everyone knows, you know, trans teenagers and trans youth of this country are like the most at risk, like, like black trans people, women, but to see, uh, I forgot about trans Santa. That's right. I'm going to have to do that again there, sir. I loved it. Um, I loved it to too. See, it was, it so was amazing. Just, but to see those letters come in and be like, I'm getting on my feet for the first time. I don't have a family who supports me. I need, you know, like a blanket. I would love a $25 to hurry gift card. I mean, I'm like, yeah. Yes. And you're one person and I'm one person and, and let me help you. Let me, let's do this together. That's, that's where all of the, um, those statistics come from. And, and seeing those letters is like, yeah, that's where these numbers are coming from. You're literally reading about kids who are like, I don't have a family either to, to go home to, and I'm on my own, or I can't be who I am around my family. So I'm looking for, you know, I need, I would love a target gift card so I can go buy like a dress because no one else in my life will buy me a dress. And I would like a dress. I mean, it's, it's great. And Transanta was like amazing. I feel like overnight that went nuts. And I feel like just no one let a list in the, on that Instagram with her. Yeah. Everyone really got, I hope everyone got their list fulfilled, but I just feel like people were like, you know, I felt like last holiday season had the same spirit as 2016, where it was like just helpless and sad and so much like loneliness and all this trauma and people wanted to channel that in a way that was like meaningful to someone else and to also themselves. What do you feel like the tone is for this holiday season based on like how you've been hearing from G thanks listeners and like gift guide followers because you are a gift guide queen for which we are so grateful. Yes. (laughs) I do love a gift guide. You know, this summer, this year is like weird. This whole year has been weird. This whole year has been weird. And I don't, I think the holidays will might even be weirder than last year. Mm-hmm. because at least so last too. year was, it was like, last year was like, we've been home this whole time. We're just going to be home again. I mean, we didn't go anywhere and LA was having their biggest surge between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we didn't even like leave our house. And then, I mean, but I was fully vaccinated by like the end of March and I still feel like it hasn't happened yet. I still mm-hmm. feel like I'm in, I think, I think this year will be weird. We're doing a ton of traveling. I just turned to my husband and was like, I hope neither sets of our parents are listening to this podcast. But I was like, I don't want to go. Like, is there any way we can not go? <laughs> um, so what I've been hearing. Caroline. Yeah. Same feelings. I just, yeah. I'm not like, we're back to holiday travel. It feels like. And I, my response has been like, no, we're back to the, I don't yeah. like that. I don't no. think this is the best way to spend the holidays. I don't, this isn't the ideal way for me to spend time with my family. That's for sure. Yes. This isn't the ideal yes. season for me to spend time with my family. Getting on a plane right. for like, Thanksgiving isn't, isn't something I like doing. For like the most amount of money to be like for very, all, exactly. here's all of the money for these four, four days. Yeah. So that I can sit in traffic and like my mom can annoy me and this turkey is dry and, <laughs> and, and who even wants turkey anyway? And I honestly think the answer is nobody. My dad, I has, think my that, dad instituted a new rule. We only do duck now. He's it's like, he feels so I triumphant about it. He he's right. So triumphant he about is it. Right. So he's been right. campaigning for this for so long, and we're all like, no tradition, tradition, tradition. And finally, one year, I think it was last year because it was such a weird Thanksgiving. He did duck, and and everybody liked it. And now he's like, well, this is what's happening now. I think last year opened up 
so many people to the idea that like you can take a beat and nothing has to be what it always, I mean, in every respect, not even just the holidays. I feel like people just like, I mean, we got nothing, we had nothing but time in 2020. Mm -hmm. If we were lucky enough that the worst thing that happened to us was that we just had to be home all the time and we didn't lose anybody and we didn't lose our jobs or whatever. I mean, like we really had nothing but time. And I dreaded last holiday season because I was like, I'm so far away and I've never not spent Christmas with my family and I haven't seen my family in a year and blah, blah, blah. But then when the day came, when Thanksgiving came, it was kind of really nice. I mean, people who listen to my podcast know this, I talk about all the time because it was like the best day of my life. But for Thanksgiving, we did uh, like pastrami sandwiches from the Jewish deli. And we, my husband cooks. So we made like the sides that we like. So we made mashed potatoes, we made stuffing. And then we watched sister act and I was in bed by 845 and we didn't have to drive anywhere. And I was just very happy. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. And it was like 65 degrees here too. It was great. And I was so dreading it, but then I was like, I kind of like this. And also the real part of it is that everyone had the perfect excuse last year. It's like, I cannot get on a plane. I, I do not want to get COVID this year. I'm like, can we do that again? But like, no, we could never, I mean, we could never, can you imagine my parents would die if I didn't come home for Christmas, my mother-in-law would die if I didn't come for Thanksgiving. It does feel like this year, everyone's like, oh my God, like how did the last two years go by so fast? And we are already now back to the grind of like, and you're coming home this day and we're doing this. And your aunt's coming and we're doing this and we're, and we're doing this secret Santa and we want, and the gift limit's $20 and you have this cousin. And it's like, Oh my God, like, holy shit. Like we haven't gone this fast in two years. I mean, we really, this is, and now we are at full speed again. And I asked, I guess my, the, that's the longest answer to the question, but I asked, she thanks listeners. I was like, what's one thing you are just unapologetically like not going to do between now and new year's day, like you don't have the bandwidth for it. You're just not doing, and so many people are like, I'm not doing holiday cards this year. Mm I am not going crazy on gifts. I'm not traveling. I'm not cooking. We're getting something catered. Like everyone, I felt like the vibe of this holiday season was like, I am taking my time back because last year I was forced to take my time back and it turned out I actually enjoyed it. So I think people are like, yeah, I want to see my family this year. Like I want to do the, I do want to go back to a little bit of the tradition, but we're not going back to what it was before the pandemic. We're going in with like a new sort of mentality around it. And so I even feel, I love doing the gift guides, something for everyone. It's more of a joy for me than anything else. But I do notice that people are like, I am not doing the, like, I got to get a gift for them. And I got to get them. It's like my parents, my siblings, my significant other. Like it's kids. like a pared down That's list. Really it. It's not a for every, like at every yeah. single person you've ever encountered in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're like me and your love language for, for giving love is gift giving. Like mm-hmm. I still do get a big high from buying stuff for people, but that's literally because that's how I show love and it's exciting for me. But I totally get that if you're like, wait, I hate doing this. Why am I doing it? Yeah, don't do it. You don't have to. And we have proof last year that like the world... <laughs> can spin on without the capitalist consumerist nature of it all. Um, I was talking to a friend last night who was saying that like one of her biggest takeaways from therapy from like years of therapy was her therapist asking her to pose the question to herself. What happens if you don't when she's contemplating mm. things, just like what happens if you don't, what happens if you don't travel for this thing? What happens if you don't make this dinner? What happens if you don't buy these 10 people things? What happens? Right. Like the God, stakes that's are so good. 
Yeah, it's so I'm taking good. that. Yeah, it's, it's really, so really good. Yeah. And the answer is always, well, someone might be disappointed in me or like someone might be mad at me. Ooh, and like Caroline, you, you nailed it. I mean, I'm a and people like, pleaser. Same. That's same. the reason to do the thing. Same. Like, right? Like yeah, that's exactly. like, the, no, like totally. so-and-so is going to be disappointed yeah. in me, so I'm going to do it. But right. other times it's like, yeah, but like maybe that feeling doesn't matter as much or like whatever. You yeah. know yeah. how you know how Sheena from Vanderpump Rules has it's all happening? The tattoo <laughs> yeah, on her course. inside of her forearm. Of Erica, course. you knew this too. Just you even It's from because, her favorite movie, yeah. Erica. <laughs> I do kind of want what happens what happens if you don't in cursive <gasps> tattooed on the inside of my forearm. I just feel like that would benefit me in the I long think it would. Term. I think it would. Would you be offended you know, if I also got that tattoo? I would love, I love it. it. I would love it. <gasps> Honestly, I don't have any tattoos, but that is a really good one. And I honestly would probably need to get it tattooed on my face. Backwards <laughs> so that when I looked in the mirror, it would show up. <laughs> Maybe just like right under your ear, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think know. I'm going to get what happens if you don't on my left inner forearm and then on my right inner forearm, what happens if they don't like you? Because that's yeah, what that, happens if everyone's mad at you. Yeah. Like who or just actually just who cares if they don't like you? Who cares? You know, who cares Claire, if I they're actually, mad at you? I think start small. I feel like you should get a I think you should get that saying on like a something on Etsy. Like mm-hmm. get it on a necklace okay. yeah. or a ring. Right. And then you'll always have it. And I feel like if you really love it, get the tattoo. Cause I'm absolutely gonna order like jewelry now that's like big earrings that like the <laughs> Chanel earrings, but like what happens? If you don't, hanging from my head. I love Uh, it. Caroline, thank you so much for coming on. This was just a joy, a treasure, all of it. Thank you for having me. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. Listener.